Welcome to Epic Business Growth for CPAs. My name is Geraldine Carter, founder of She Thinks Big Coaching. This is the place to be if you're a CPA who wants to grow your accounting practice. Weekly episodes are full of strategies and action steps that create a clear path for growth without working harder. Time to get inspired and grow your business. Hey, everybody. Coming to you today from a gorgeous bluebird day in Montana. It's the first one of the year, or first one of this winter, I should say, where it's white on the ground and the sky is bright blue and it's clear and everything's snowy and the mountains are snowy and it's just super pretty. I love these days. They're my favorite. Now, there is podcast dogma out there that says, don't date your episodes. If it's Thanksgiving, don't talk about Thanksgiving. If it's St. Patty's Day, don't talk about St. Patty's Day. Keep it evergreen. And, you know, did you just hear my eyes roll? (laughs) The reality is that there are different times of the year and there are different things to talk about at different times of the year. Your businesses are very much cyclical based on what time of the year it is. So I'm going to give you some time-based content. And if it's February when you're listening to this and it's not useful, then you can schedule it to listen to it again come October because that's when this episode is useful. And I like to call out dogma because I'm not a fan. I'm not a dog fan anyways. Ha ha. I know I like to say Katma. (laughs) It's the worst joke in the world. I'm not a dog fan. I mean, I don't dislike dog. Well, maybe I do. Um, Some of them. (laughs) Okay. Where was I? So I'm also going to call out, so there's podcast dogma. I'm going to call out some uh, medical field dogma, and I'm going to call out some CPA dogma. And what I want for you in this episode is to start thinking about 2020, because my friends, it is upon us. And I don't need to tell you that from January to April, you get sucked away by the vortex of taxes, which means that if you don't plan for 2020 now, If you don't do business planning for 2020 now, then you're likely to not do it until May of 2020. And May of 2020, it's not the worst time to do business planning for 2020, but it's also not the best time. What I see happening in a lot of my clients' businesses is that they get so focused on delivering the product, the service, tax work, advising, strategy that they forget to pick their heads up and plan in their businesses. And to a degree, as a business owner, there's only so far that you can pick your head up before you just can't zoom out anymore and be any more objective, right? Like you're too close, no matter how far you try and zoom out or pick your head up and rise above your business and look down at it, you can only get yourself, you can only elevate yourself so far and look down and your vantage point is still going to be much closer to your business than somebody who doesn't work in your business, who can really hover way, way over it at more like a hundred thousand feet and be like, okay, here's where you are. Here's the horizon. Here's where you need to be going. What I see a lot of CPAs and other types of business owners doing is just having their heads so buried in product delivery that They don't pick up their heads, not just to look at their business, but to also do some high level planning for the next year or even the next three to five years, right? Or even your exit plan. But let's just talk for now about 2020. 
And if you're binge listening a year from now, like just replace this with 2021, we're talking about next year. So one way to run your business is to just sort of let the horses out of the barn, right? And just see where they run. Okay, here you go, guys. Have fun running. Take off, right? And the horses, they might go to where you think they ought to go, or they might just run free and go everywhere. You've probably heard these quotes. I sometimes kind of think that they've been belabored, but Lewis Carroll from Alice in Wonderland, he said, if you don't know where you're going, then any road will get you there. And I like Yogi Bears a little better. If you don't know where you're going, you'll end up someplace else. Do you want to leave your business up to a crapshoot in 2020? Do you want to just let the horses run free and see where they go? Or do you want to get ahead of the game and figure out where you're trying to go, figure out where you want things to end up and see if you can steer your business there as best as possible? The Army Corps of Engineers builds levees along rivers that are flood prone. They do this because they want to control the flow. If they don't, water goes everywhere. And the damage associated with water that just overflows its banks and goes everywhere is not insignificant, right? All that sheetrock needs to be replaced. All those two by fours need to be dried out. All that mud needs to be scraped off the sidewalks. If you let your time and your business overflow its banks by working 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., five days a week, most Saturdays and some Sundays through April, you're going to have some mopping up to do afterwards, right? You forget who your spouse is, your kids haven't seen you in forever, you haven't been exercising and you haven't seen your friends right? There's some damage control to do. And probably the people around you love you. They know that you're a CPA. They know that you're going to be busy, but I'm going to call out the dogma here. CPA dogma is you have to make hay while the sun shines. I'm just going to be working till eight o'clock every night, most Saturdays and some Sundays until April 15th. And that's just the way it is. Now, do you need to make hay when the sun shines? Of course you do. But the dogma is that the way to make hay is by working every day until 8 p.m., most Saturdays and some Sundays. I don't believe it has to be that way. It allows people a way to let themselves off the hook of being intentional and planning around the business they want to create for the first four months of the year. In fairness, let's call out some dogma from another profession, and that is the medical world. I have four clients who do charting. In the medical profession, they see a patient and then afterwards they've got to fill out a chart outlining the nature of the visit. All of these clients, when we started out, say, oh, everybody's just behind on charts. That's just the way it is. Everybody knows that being behind on charts is just part of the deal. And I say, "Mm, really? Are you sure? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you're always behind on charts. We're just always behind on charts. That's just the way it is. Just part of it. It's a simple way to let yourself off the hook for not being intentional. Now, am I going to make an argument that you should never, ever? Now, am I going to make an argument that a person in the medical field will never, ever be behind on a chart ever? No, of course not. Sometimes you're going to get behind. That happens. Am I going to make an argument as a CPA that you should never work until 8 p.m. on an evening in February? No, of course not. All I'm saying is that you don't have to design it that way. And that doesn't have to be the default design. What I want for you is to be thinking about how you can maximize profit, maintain your sanity, and reduce the number of weekends you work from January to April. So here are some of the conversations that I'm having right now with my clients. 
as we head into 2020. What we're doing right now is assessing for the year who are their top 20% clients and their top 10% clients. In what ways are those clients similar? What's the income range of those business owners? Assuming they're business owners. Where is the line that represents the bottom 15% of your clients? Where's that line where you go from clients who are a little bit profitable and worth it to keep around to the ones who are like, it's not worth the 175 bucks they pay me to be handling them. Where is that line? Where is that line for you? There's no right or wrong answer. I just want you to know where that line is. Because this informs other questions that are really important, like what are my income goals for 2020? Gross, net, and take-home pay. And how many clients does that mean? At what rate? And then this is one that makes my own clients go, hmm, that's a good question. What's the revenue range of those business owners who will happily pay you the rates that you're looking for? Most often, what I find is that my clients are aiming too low. And just to do some napkin math, if they want 50 clients at say $5,000 each, they can't be looking for business owners who are making 50K a year. That just doesn't work. The math doesn't add up. The business owner is going to think that's too steep an investment given their revenue. And then just as importantly as the clients that you want to be attracting and acquiring, who are the clients that you are ready to say no to and refer out? Because not every client will be a match for you. And so often I hear, well, I don't want to say no to da da da. And when I hear this, I ask them, if somebody came to you and said, hey, will you do my taxes and my schedule C for 29 bucks? You'd say no. There are people who are only willing to pay 29 bucks for that. There are people who aren't willing to pay anything for that right? Because they do it with TurboTax. So you're already saying no to people. You just don't happen to be having the conversation one-on-one. What's going to be the cutoff for people who you're going to say, I appreciate that you thought of me. Let me send you over to Sally. She's awesome at the kind of work you're looking for. Being able to trust that more of the business that you want will come to you And being able to trust that it's fine to say no and send people over to someone else who's a better fit is a great place to be in your business. This just happened to me a couple weeks ago. Somebody called me and asked me, she was looking for a life coach and wanted to do some life purpose coaching. Now I'm a certified life coach and I can do life purpose coaching, but it is so not my jelly jam. It is not my jam. Can I do it? Yes. Do I like it? Yeah, it's kind of fun. But when my head is in numbers and finances and modeling and business development for CPAs whose heads are also in numbers, modeling and business development and taxes and audit, does it make any sense for me to switch gears in the middle of my day and do some life purpose coaching? No. Was I turning down income? Yeah. I was turning down a six month client. Could I use another client? Yeah, I could. Do I have an opening for another client in my calendar that I could have filled? Yes, but I was prepared to say no to it because of what I knew that it would cost me in terms of my own time, attention, and focus. And it's just not my zone of genius. 
So who are the people that you're prepared and comfortable passing along to somebody else? I gave this person my friend Gretchen's phone number. She is an awesome life coach for purpose stuff. I said, here's Gretchen's number. Go call her. She is great and she will take great care of you and you will find your purpose in no time flat. So who are the people that you can comfortably, happily refer out to knowing that those folks who aren't a supernatural fit for you will get taken care of? And are you ready to proactively start calling the bottom 15% of your client roster? (gasps) I know. Yeah. Are you ready? Because what's going to happen when you do? You free up all kinds of time and attention and space. Your calendar frees up, your focus frees up, your file cabinets free up, envelopes, emails, all of it. It all frees up. And I bet you that the value of the bottom 15% of your clients is not more than $10,000. In fact, I bet the bottom 15% of your clients is closer to $5,000. So is the freedom that you would gain by setting those folks free and matching them with someone else, would that freedom be worth the value that you're giving up? And then I want you to consider... What would amazing service look like for your top 10% or 20% clients? What do they want that they would be so psyched if you could serve it up to them and they would sing your praises all across town and throughout their network? What is it that they want? And if you can't answer this question on a dime, it's time to go ask them. Avoid the trap of assuming you know what they want. Ask them. And then close your mouth while you listen. And the last part of this is this conversation around, do my results happen because of the work that I do? Or do my results happen because of the belief and the mindset that I have? Someone sent me an email earlier this week. And this was an email from a coach who had received an email from another coach. (laughs) And this third coach over here in Etherland, who I don't know, was like, I've been toiling away and busting my butt and working, working, working so hard. And I've always had this belief that if I just work hard, then good things will come. And I've been doing that for years and years and years and years and years until a friend of mine challenged me to change my mindset and just meditate on manifesting all the clients that I want. And I told her I would do it for a week. So I focused and I focused and I focused on manifesting, 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 and I meditated and I hummed and I hummed and I awed and I sat with my legs in a pretzel And I envisioned these clients coming to my door. I was committed. I was all in. I was going to give it a week to see what happened. And wouldn't you know if Monday morning I have four discovery calls on my calendar. And she doesn't say it overtly, but it sounds like the subtle conclusion is, holy cow, this manifesting stuff really works. To which my thought was, well, how do you know if that just wasn't a result of all the years of all the hard work that you did? coupled with some coincidence that you happen to think about manifesting. How do you know? And the answer is that you can't know, right? You can't split yourself in half in a B test, doing it one way and doing it the other. You only have one of you. So we can't really know if it's the hard work or if it's the envisioning and the manifesting. We can't really know, but I liken it to this. Imagine that you want to run a marathon right? And you're not a marathon runner. Like let's start from that assumption that you're not an everyday off the couch, run a marathon person. Now, if you don't believe that you can actually run 26 miles, chances are good. You're not going to be able to run 26 miles. But 
if you don't get off the couch and do some running and some speed workouts and some hill workouts and some long runs on the weekends, you might also not be able to run 26 miles. If you want to run 26 miles, you need to get your workouts in, you need to get off the couch, and you need to believe that you can do it. So my answer to this question around who's in charge of what we create, and is it the hard work or is it the manifest? My answer is both. You've got to have both. One or the other won't get you there. So with that little story in mind, now I'm wondering, does that story even relate to what I'm about to tell you? But here's what I want you to ask yourself. There's an element of asking yourself big questions around what's possible that enables you to create big things. So in order to start thinking about the big things that could be possible that you could be creating in 2020, my question for you to ask yourself and not just provide a pat answer, but to really just let it sit back there in the recesses of your mind when you're hanging out at a red light, when you're in line at the grocery store and tempted to cock your head sideways and check your Facebook feed. Instead, what I want you to think about is what are 10 ways that I could double my income in 2020? What are 10 different paths to building a million dollar firm and then exiting? And who are 10 people I could talk to about those realities? All right, everyone, that's what I have for you for the week. I am going to take my head cold out for a run on this bluebird day and cogitate on some of those questions. If you want a list of them, they'll be in the show notes. Head over to shethinksbigcoaching.com. And also while you're there, be sure to check out some of the upcoming webinars and workshops that I'm hosting that will help you grow your accounting practice. Have a great week. 